Max Holloway, day before Max Holloway fight. It's a freaking annual. It's a holiday. It's a blessing. Every single time Max Holloway steps into that octagon. So I have to do an episode. Wish I would have got one earlier, done earlier in the week. But with all the past news and stuff that came out like yesterday evening, I'm really happy that I didn't end up filming an episode because I would have missed out on talking about some of this stuff. And so since it's fresh, I'll actually be able to give like kind of a relatively relatively recent reaction to it. So, but I came up with something really fun that I was gonna, I was really considering waiting on doing an episode until next week, but I have some thoughts on the Max Holloway fight and I came out, I worked pretty hard on something that I just wanted to share with you guys. Um, and it's, the premise of it is okay well actually we'll get to it later i really want to jump into the max holloway card just really quickly just to get it out of the way because i don't have much to say on it but there are just a few fights that obviously stand out like edson barboza versus billy quarantillo could be one of the fights of the year without a doubt dustin jacoby amazing striking chris gutierrez who knows what he'll be i mean like against pedro munoz that'll be a good test downtown tj brown brandon royville versus Mateusz nicolau absolutely stack hard on espn but the main juice, obviously, is the main event, and Arnold Allen versus Max Holloway, all right? I feel like there's a ton, a ton of hype on Arnold Allen, and rightfully so. I mean, the dude is so well-rounded. He can wrestle with anybody. He can grapple with anybody, and he throws absolute bombs, sick uppercut, knockout power. But the thing is, after re-watching his like, Dan Hooker fight and re-watching like, the Cater fight, when things get kind of wild in there, he obviously... He's not, a, he's not scared to throw in the pocket, but when you're fighting a dude like Max Holloway, who's precise, picks his shots, flawless combinations, just like when Max Holloway lets it fly, it's one of the prettiest things in all of mixed martial arts. And I think he's just going to clean up Arnold Allen, honestly. And I think Max is going to solidify, I mean, just, it seems like he's in a constant cycle ever since he lost his belt of just taking out top guys and just re-solidifying himself or just showing the division, yeah, bro, I'm not a gatekeeper. It's just such an interesting situation. We have it across the UFC. Like people are gonna have a hard time going through Kamaru Usman to get a champion, to get a freaking crack at the title. Kamaru's gonna beat everybody. I'm just that's the one thing we talked about last episode. Is I'm really pumped that Izzy got that dub because it would have been super confusing. Nobody would have ever. I mean, unless you jump Izzy. Very few really good guys, and the few good guy, I mean, few guys that I could see contending for a title if they have to go through Izzy to get to Pijera, bro, they wouldn't. Because Israel Adesanya has shown that he takes out the best guys in the division, and it would just kind of stall up that division even more. You know what? I'm, does that make sense? Like if there's really good guys coming up, the few good guys that I think that could take out Pieta that are there, they can't even beat Izzy. You know, so it would just knock everything back. But I think that Max Holloway, once he cleans up Arnold Allen, which is <laughs> kind of a hot take, but I'm being genuine when I say it. Like I honestly think that Max Holloway. No matter where this fight goes, if it goes to the ground, Max Holloway has the capability of laying on top of you and landing ground and pound, even threatening submissions, like taking down Max Holloway. He has underrated um, takedown defense. And so when things aren't going right for Arnold, I don't think he's going to be able to change levels and do that. But I don't think that the fight's really going to go to the ground that much unless Max initiates that. But Max Holloway, we've seen crazier things in the UFC. After watching that Brett Okamoto interview with Max, I think that he's going to get that fourth fight with Volkanovski at some point. Probably maybe at lightweight, though. Especially since Max is coming into, what, he's going to be like 31, 32? Coming into his prime. That would be crazy to see a 155-pound fight 
between Max and Volk. Who knows what would happen, but Max is just too good to have that little thing on his legacy where he just got clean sweep by Alex. I know Alex is like the best ever, but Max is just... Something was weird about that third fight. I don't know. But that's my kind of take on the Max Holloway fight. It's going to be amazing, and we are so lucky that we get to see this for free on ESPN. Billy Q is going to show up every single time. We know this, but yeah, it's an insanely good card, but I just... Obviously, I'm a big Max Holloway stand, but dude, he's one of the best to ever do it, and he's going to get the job done. I promise you that. Okay, the next thing, since we're kind of already on the topic of 145, I'll probably expand on this a little bit more in depth in an episode next week, but after watching UFC 287, I think the hero of the show, the most... um, inspiring a thing that happened was rob font and also i didn't realize how big rob font's hands were because i was looking at the tv to my dad i was like dude rob font's hands look like pillows like they look like they'd be soft if they hit you with obviously huge hands he throw his boxing is insane his jab just absolutely sticks you and his hooks are incredibly precise but i didn't realize how it looks soft if it would hit you because they look like big pillows, but it knocks you out cold like uh, I did with uh, Adrian Yanez, bro. So my point is that Adrian Yanez getting knocked out and Rob Font winning just shows that if you take some time off, you can never forget that a guy of the skills of Rob Font, like you cannot just write those guys off just because they maybe lost um, a fight to like Jose Aldo and... Chido Vera, who are among the, some of the best in the world. And what this brings me to, okay, I will pull up the rankings. I really think that, especially if Alexander Volkanovsky leaves, who is one guy that I feel like not a lot of people are talking about enough? You know, I feel maybe has kind of fallen under the radar since they haven't fought in a really long time. And I think that dude is Gigachikadze. And my question that I present to everybody is, do you think that Giga Chikadze could make it a second title run? And the reason why I'm pretty confident that he will is because over 2000, 2020 to 2000, uh, October 2020 to August 2021, he fought four times, or I think it was four times. Let me see. Fought five. He fought five times. He fought three in 2020. And two in 2021 and then early 2022. That's a lot of fights in a really short period of time, I feel like. And everybody got to know him over COVID. But that's a lot of abuse that you're taking on. And then you're fighting Calvin Cater at the beginning of the year, who is an absolute nightmare for anybody in the division. I think that with time off, I know Giga Chikadze got hurt because he was supposed to fight like Sadiq Youssef, I think. But Rafaan just goes to show you that Giga Chikadze, with time off, rest the body, come back fresh, fight somebody. I don't know who. It's going to be a good fight no matter who he's fighting. If that man's got takedown defense. There's very few people on planet Earth that have a speed striking advantage against Giga. Alex leaves. You put him up against, put him up against Brian Ortega, Yair Rodriguez. On any given night, I guarantee you that Giga Chikadze could get the job done. And that's... I know he's like 34. Who cares? Like Rob Font's like 35. Right? Yeah. Giga's like 34, 35. 
He's a dangerous guy that I feel like not a lot of people are talking about. He's one of my favorite fighters. He just hasn't been active as of late just because of an injury. But we'll expand on this later and more. But I just wanted to bring up that point is the Giga. We cannot forget about him because out of all the other guys in the division, there's a ton of wrestlers, grapplers coming up. But before that happens, if Giga can address getting taken down, there's nobody that can really stand with him besides Yair and Max. I know. I just think that the Calvin Cater fight is more goes to show. Obviously, Calvin Cater is really good, but Giga Chikadze, there's just something about it where his his striking's like on a different level when he's actually when he's like in the zone. And I know that you can't take away anything from Calvin Cater, but Giga had a lot of fights, was used to manhandling everybody, and it was a big step up in competition. So probably he's going to learn from that fight, come back even stronger. I don't know. Food for thought. We'll move on. But I just want to bring that up, and I'll come up with a better, more uh, elegant way of presenting my point in a new episode. But um, the next thing <laughs> that I wanted to talk about uh, before we get to just some like random news that came out is I came up with a little segment, all right, is I had to reword it because it kind of came off as a little offensive because I, I came up with the original name as like Prelim Prospects. Like I wanted to make a pay-per-view event that is solely made off of guys that are usually on prelims or usually or that aren't ranked at all in the UFC. And I I had I went through all of MMA ranking, was deciphering a whole bunch of different combinations of fights, and this is going to be part one of it. Okay, this is this is what I came up with for the most fan-friendly pay-per-view event with guys that you maybe have never heard of or dudes that are just not they haven't yet solidified themselves as a kind of main name in the UFC all right if I was tasked with the matchmaking I was basically doing matchmaker all yesterday and this morning a little bit the first fight that I would come up with Natalia Silva versus either Priscilla Cachuera or Karen Sil- Karina Silva who I just found this morning was watching all of her fights, all of her fight highlights, especially the Dana White Contender Series, one of the more flexible people in the entire UFC, versus, I don't even know if these two know each other, these are all just obviously hypothetical. I just came up with whatever things, whatever fights would be the most exciting and violent, but Natalia Silva, obviously we know her. Complete flyweight prospect. I mean, the, a girl that is going to just absolutely make her mark in the UFC by the time her end is her career is um done everybody's gonna know natalia silva striking unreal takedown defense unreal can change levels but silva she's huge and she's jacked and i think that this fight would be so interesting because they're just so evenly matched i would actually give natalia maybe the slight edge on the feet but but the thing with karina she's or uh yeah karina's that i don't know how to say her name is that she's so physically imposing and her arms are really long and she's just absolutely jacked that i think it would probably create distance issues for natalia and i would give kareen the power advantage so maybe if you land one of those shots on natalia it could change the direction of the fight no matter how much natalia is kind of piecing her up and if it goes to the ground silva's dude her guard is insane like she's just able to against that um i forget what it was like a chinese girl that she was fighting she just brought her legs up over um like she was just like in a rant normal just in her guard and then she just flings her legs up and around her and it's just so dangerous like constant arm bar threats and then uh i think that she caught her like in a guillotine or something like that or uh, arm triangle i forget what it was but that would be dude especially the girl fights this would be the one way to get people on board with 
you know, because I feel like a lot of people kind of hate on him a little bit. But the next one, and this could be one of my favorite ones on the entire thing that I made, is we had to have Bantamweight on here. And that's Daniel Willie Cat Santos versus our boy Renya Nakamura. Renya Nakamura absolutely has it, baby. He's the next Hamza Chimaev. And just from against his fight with Toshiomi Kazama, from the freaking opening bell, that dude's throwing his left. His right is insane, and you don't want to go to the ground with him because he's a really freaking good wrestler. But the thing with Daniel Santos is he's probably an even better striker, throws spinning attacks. Even if he's losing in a fight, he still pushes the pace, and he just throws amazing combinations, and nothing's telegraphed with him. Everything is wicked fast, and you know he has good jujitsu because he trains with Charles Oliveira, shoot the box. But his striking is unreal, and he's a young, I think in my opinion, if you haven't watched a fight, he's literally one of the most exciting bantamweights on planet earth and i just think from the get-go i don't know if this would last more than f- two minutes but it would be <laughs> super duper fun um yeah that's that and then the next one is kind of just like a freaking brawl baby pete rodriguez is fighting nate and levy he's moving down from uh welterweight after going one and one he fought jack della that's kind of how i found out about pete rodriguez pete rodriguez got good boxing i forget was it uh some J- jackson guy that he fought and he was throwing this like sick kind of weird kind of shovel dig kind of uppercut against him and he ended up getting the ko Pete rodriguez really good boxing he even he even showed good boxing as jack della madalena which is impressive but pete moving down to 155 could be a game changer nate and levy's gonna be tough though but i would put it have him uh pete rodriguez fighting trevor peak bro trevor peak i think he fought eric gonzalez in his ufc debut i'm just throwing awkward hammer fist flying just that knockout was unreal like absurd like he just shut the lights off at eric gonzalez and i think that these dudes would have an absolute brawl and but while simultaneously showing i think pete rodriguez is probably more of a slick boxer more of that clean but this fight would never touch the ground whatsoever and trevor peak anytime i just feel like both these guys would stalk each other down and meet in this i don't know they'd probably just meet in the center of the octagon and just start full of flinging punches but it would be insane Malas and Tensiones for both of these guys because they throw heat, bro. So, and I, I know that I'm not a professional striker here, and I know that those terms probably kind of annoy people when they say throw heat. I know it annoys Bo Nickel, but just looking at this from the outside in, the only thing that these guys do are throw hands. So, yeah, I mean they're obviously good at other stuff, but this fight would be straight up main event. I would pay $50 just to see this fight. And and I was also thinking, like, what would be kind of fun if... Because I feel like some of these fights... What if you just did, like, one-rounders? Or, you know, it would also be fun if we expanded on this and maybe made it, like, unlimited rounds, like, who would win? But we'll just go normal for now. And I'm going to make a part two for this for sure. And then the next one, this was tough for me, dude. The amount of names I wrote down was hard. And... um. I came up with, for the co-main, Andre Fialiu versus Gabriel Bonfim. Gabriel Bonfim is an absolute killer dude. His fight against, what was it, Trey Waters in the NY Contender Series. He slips really well. So rangy, so long. But then also, oh, you want to change levels on him? Oh, he's going to sink in a choke. So he's just dangerous everywhere. He's an absolute finisher. He finishes almost every guy he fights. Andre Fialiu is not afraid to get in the pocket, start throwing down. I know he's lost to Jake Matthews and... um Muslim Salikov in his last couple fights, but he's just so skilled and I see him follow him on Instagram. He's training all the time. Really good wrestler. This fight, if it went to the ground, I think it'd be more evenly matched than Gabriel would be expecting. Um, just because I think Andre can get back up to his feet, but, um, 
Oh wait, so, scrap that, dude. Andre Fialio versus Gabriel Bonfim. That'd be the main event, and my my the first fight that I actually wrote down would actually be crazy, dude. It'd be Waldo Cortez Acosta versus Carl Williams. We saw Carl Williams. I forget. I think it was like a Polish guy he was fighting. Absolute craziness. He was like throwing around the octagon. They were both exhausted. And then Waldo Cortez Acosta, like former pro baseball player, I think, and he throws heat fastballs overhand rights. I think it'd be a wild heavyweight fight. And we always have to have a heavyweight fight kind of on a pay-per-view. Just, But especially these two guys, because you know that they're just going to... I don't know. Carl Williams would change levels and stuff, but he does like to throw wild combinations on the feet, which leads to him kind of changing levels when guys are shelling up you know but i think that would be phenomenal but this so far would be my this is part one of this so we've got waldo cortez acosta versus carl williams leading it off then natalia silver versus karina silva daniel santos versus rinya nakamura pete rodriguez versus trevor peak and the main event would be andre fialio versus gabriel bonfim but also a sneaky good pick would be like uh, matt semmelsberger versus gabriel bonfim because they're um because matt semmelsberger has stones for hands and he looked really good against uh jake matthews but yeah, I think that, that that's kind of what I had to say there, dude. I, I it, This took longer than you think to come up with these, but guaranteed, if you pay $79.99 for this pay-per-view, they probably uh, give you a 50% discount on this, but absolute money. And I have other matchups that I'll use next time. I didn't get any uh, featherweights in there because the featherweight is absolutely stacked, dude. Featherweight, there's so many fun matchups. All right that's that okay really quickly let's get to some mma news really fast um the first of all uh davison figueredo versus manel cop manel cap didn't get to fight against alex perez hopefully alex is all right now but it's gonna be an insane fight manel cop finally gets his chance to legitimately be Starboy and get a title shot also pantoja too i mean moreno versus pantoja number two it's gonna be sick i don't know who's gonna win but manel cap Finally gets to truly test himself against Davison. I'm surprised Davison's fighting at flyweight again. I don't know. Um, but yeah, we'll go into those more in depth later. I think the Manel Cop is. I, I predicted him to be champion by the end of the year. Who knows if that'll happen? But I guarantee he'll have a title shot if he. I think he's gonna get past Davison. But all these bantamweight fights that are really good, literally, it's just a coin toss every single time. Except Brandon. Brandon's really good. I think Pantoja's gonna show some issues but brand is too good he scrambles back up to his feet whenever he gets taken down he has pretty good submission defense i feel like and he's got good bo- a great boxing so i don't know petosha sometimes has problems getting um i don't know it'll be interesting and then finally dude the main thing that i was really excited for was hanato moicano fighting Armando Rukian, but Hanato's out and maybe that's for the best maybe that's like a blessing in disguise for Hanato but I think he got injured or something and hopefully he's good with whatever happened but like does this open the door did did Demir Magulov like make something into reality by just speaking things speaking his mind did the universe listen to him is he gonna get that fight against Armando Rukian? Who knows, dude? All I know is the most fair fight is Mataj Gamrot, just because Armand, I feel like, got a bit screwed against Mataj. But the fact that this happened just makes me think that maybe uh, some some higher powers on Demir Shmigulov's side, because he could end up getting this fight, and it could be fun, and what he wants it to be his last fight in the UFC. So who knows? At the end of the day, I don't think anybody's going to truly be beating Armand Sarukian, but I was looking forward to the Hanato fight. 
just because I thought things could get a little bit funky, a little bit strange with Hanato fighting Armon. But I don't know, dude. That's all that I wanted to say. I'll probably expand on these later. I wanted to just do a quick episode, but yes, that's what I came up with. My unranked fighters pay-per-view card. Let me know what you think. Thank you guys. And the fight's going to be sick. And also PFL tonight. Probably going to tune into that. Shane Burgos must watch TV every single time. So thank you. And uh, subscribe if you liked it. Subscribe if you don't because you will like it in the future. Just kidding. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you.